Hello, viewing public. Uh, I suppose, I guess we should look at the camera now and again. For the most part, look at each other, but <laughs> this way, that way, where could it be? I just, I don't know. It's so candid. Yeah, they're here with us is what I feel like. You are literally in our home. Like this isn't just a studio set up to make it look like a house. This, this is our kitchen. And I appreciate you wearing your mask and washing your hands as soon yes. as you got here. That was very decent of you. Thank you. And may I say, your, your socks look wonderful. Like, that's a really nice pattern you got on there. Never mind our, our joint schizophrenia. Let's... <laughs> and envisioning the viewer. Uh, right. So we, we played we a got game. a Monsters podcast lined up for you. Let me just say that up at the front. This I, one's a real, yeah. a real monster. So we play games. We don't just play games, though. We are designers and artists, and we are here to critique games as art um, and as pieces of play design. We're just chatting about a thing we play. We're just that's, talking about that's all this is. Yeah, Ben's just so angry, so so hurt by his gameplay experience. He has to express it in audiovisual form. So here we are. Uh, we true. played Monster Prom, mm -hmm. which is a game that I had seen people play for quite a while, and I'd seen many friends just like bopping it in the corner in my Steam friends list. I was like, this is a curious thing. And so finally, I decided to pull the plug and convince my brother to romance monsters with me. And it's not a hard sell. Like that you say monster prom and I feel like like at that point I had already downloaded the game. Yeah. Also, shout out to the best role playing game, Monster Hearts is by and far the best role playing game I've ever played. Is that related to to, to Monster Prom to dating monsters? Tangentially, yes. Oh. Yeah, Mon Monster Hearts is a TTRPG that's all about pretending to be a monster in high school and oh, it is it is very related. It is beautiful. Uh, and so, of course, as a huge Monster Hearts aficionado, I had to play this one. Uh, and I think this is actually pretty good prep work for Monster Hearts. I might just play this game in the future. So what is this game, Sam? This game, so, so to give it to you in a sentence, to give it to you in a needlessly brief sentence, this game is pithy romantic hijinks in a very cagey, roguelike format. Mm, always clear, always, always to the point about what the game really is. Yes. <laughs> to explain it in a different way, you you play as a as a legal adult monster mm. in high school with other legal adult monsters. Everyone's a legal Everyone's adult a here. A terrible student. You are all like twenty and still in high school. Yeah, as I've been explaining to you, that the age system for monsters is completely different. Yes. Um, you play as, you play as a, as a legal age-appropriate monster in this high school two weeks before prom, and you have to court and ask out one of your fellow classmates. Um, realistically, at this school, there's only six six viable candidates that you, you vie for every game. I'm sure there's expansions, which change it all up. But in the version we played, there were there were six which, monsters to vie after. Which you sounded skeptical when we were playing, but I feel like in actual high school, there are like six people worth dating, right? Let's be honest. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I had the same high school you don't, experience. You don't think that's true? Maybe that was just me. <laughs> when you got to school every day, you didn't like see a panorama of the six human beings amongst the, the faceless hordes? Maybe to me there were six viable candidates, but... but oh, but to other people... They weren't shared amongst the whole school. Oh. There was no like six, six candidates that the whole school fought after. See, I feel like I really hurt my high school population because it was just me. Right, like they they all got to school and there was That's just fair. there was only That's one of me to go the one option. They didn't even have all six. Right. I kicked everyone else off the council. I see, I see. Mm. Um, yeah, so so the gameplay this this thing is, is essential. I describe it as a board game. I think it plays. Yeah, I think you that can was play one to four players, so you can just play alone. 
and you take turns essentially going to school each day. There's what, like a, it seemed to alternate between <laughs> what morning and evening. Are those the two times? Yeah. Effectively it's divided into weeks, but the weeks are divided into morning, afternoon, and evening. It's kind of weird. Which isn't exactly how weeks work. But it basically flips between you, you, you can travel around the school and do whatever you want, uh, or uh, you're at lunch and you get to choose who to sit with at the cafeteria. Yes. And in a short game, you've got two weeks or effectively six turns. I think it's always two or like, weeks. Or like eight turns. No, I did the long game and it was six weeks. Oh, okay. So it does. Yeah. All right. But yeah, so you either have like 13 or 14 turns in a short game and like 30 something turns in a long game. Yeah. So it doesn't quite pan out. When it, when I was starting my, we each played a single player game and then we played a game together. Yes. Um, during the single player game, um, yeah, I was very happy to see, like, you get to choose a length. It was kind of cool. But then the gameplay started, and I was less excited. Oh, no. Less impressed. Um, so the gameplay loop is, it's, you, you sit at the table, do whatever, and then it just gives you some some flavorful dialogue, mm -hmm. a stat boost, and usually one choice to make. Yes. I, I should note, they're extremely opaque stat boosts. I have now played the game for about three hours, and I still have no idea what any yeah, of them. Yeah, the stats seem completely they meaningless. They seem totally meaningless, other than money. Because right. money you actually buy things with. So, I don't know. What, what's the format of this podcast, Sam? What are we supposed to, to talk about? Well... Can I can I, can I I rail this game? Yeah. Let me can I see... Talk about... Let me see T minus how long to railing. Uh, right. Well, first we start with our most memorable moment. We're starting positive. Uh, right. We start positive. What was a moment you enjoyed <laughs> that, that stuck with you? One of the very, very funny dialogue bits was probably my favorite moment. It came up and all my friends were raffling. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are we supposed to be genuine in this We're supposed part? To be genuine. You can't just be sarcastic out of the uh, gates. All right. Come on. Sam, while I'm thinking, why don't you lay down? Okay, well, I got Miranda murdered, and it was awesome. Uh, in my first game, I got an ending which only 1.4% of the Steam owners have achieved, mm. uh, which means, because most people probably play through the game many, many times, this is a really rare ending. Uh, effectively, I got brought into a coup against Miranda by one of her subjects, uh, Feel the Eel. Hmm. Uh, there are spoilers in this, by the way. Okay. Uh, but Feel the Eel enlisted me to plan a surf party in which they wanted to murder Ma Miranda, who is the tyrannical, genocidal, extremely kawaii uh, mer-girl. Interesting. And I tried to thwart it, but and we're going to get back to this. The options I picked ended up being the wrong ones. Which, uh, not not great having options that are just wrong. But I picked the wrong options and the game ended with her funeral. There was no prom. They called it off when Miranda was brutally eviscerated at her surf party. That's pretty great. And, and I got like solemn funeral music and pictures of everyone in the glass like weeping over the casket. Aww. <laughs> so my first game, I didn't even get to the prom. Well, that sounds lovely. I um... <laughs> and It was great. It was great. I was belly laughing the whole time. That's very awesome. funny. Um, I don't know. I don't know that I have a favorite moment. I'm struggling to come up with something. There is no moment that shot at. Like, I did. If you can't tell, I I was not the biggest fan of this game. Not, not a one belly laugh. There, there there was good. There was funny. There was there was good funnies. But mm -hmm. that's not my problem with it. Okay. Um, okay. I don't mean to jump too far ahead here. Should I should I start my rail in? Well, if you don't have a memorable Maybe... moment, let me <laughs> let me check here. All right, so. 
The next question is we have to ask, what were they trying to do? So we still are in the positive right, here. We're yeah, going to say, I, what was their goal and did they do it? Because that's a good place to start. Let's talk about success on their terms. So, okay, before I, I get into to, to disdaining this game, yes, I think it'd be worthwhile to think about the audience. Because, like, yeah. for, for example, if I played a Dora the Explorer game, it's probably not going to be the most engaging experience for, for me personally. You you lay off the boots, Ben. Hey, I haven't played them, the so boots. maybe I'll be surprised. But right, like like if a game is targeted for children, I'm not supposed to, to have a ton of fun playing it. Yeah. So looking at this game, I'd like to ask, who is it for? Hmm. And I can already feel myself boiling because this, this is not a game for kids. This it, game is for me. It, it, this is an adult game, right? I think it's very, it's oh, very no, it's explicit. Got a lot it's of sex and drugs. explicit. Lots of sex and Lots drugs. of sex and drugs. So it, it, it's for right, probably like our age group. Yes. And, and what it's trying to do is just make memes. Like if we can get down to the core of what It's a game about laughter. It's about what, laughing. It, what they wanted to do was just tell a bunch of memes and just tell a bunch of kind of meme jokes. I and there's not is, a game there. I think memes is underselling it. I, I screen capped a couple bits of dialogue during my solo playthrough that I thought were genuinely clever and like actually got a belly laugh out of me, you know, actually made me laugh out loud. You, you're, you are totally fair. You're right. There are genuinely funny bits. And I, I, I definitely, I laughed out loud yeah. at multiple occasions. Yeah, so. there's, there's some humor and bad taste, but humor is usually kind of a shotgun approach, I'm right? Like that, you just yeah. fire the flack into the sky and see what you hit. In any case, humor is subjective, so mm -hmm. it's yeah. fine. I can I can get away from it's not like it's funny. I'm fine mm -hmm. with that, but there is no game. There's no game to this thing. Yeah. The, the objective. What I'm trying to get to is like there are certain games which are just to be funny, and I do not like like or any media. I should say like media mm -hmm. that says like this is a funny thing. It yes. is funny. Do this thing because it is funny. Yeah. And then you watch it and it's like, yeah, it's funny. It has some clever jokes, but it doesn't do anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's a monster prom. It It is fun. It has its moments. I like the, the quirkiness of a lot of it. And, and again, okay. has good jokes, but it doesn't do anything artistic. It's just a laugh thing. There's All no right. interesting gameplay. There is no gameplay. All right. Ben, That's me bashing it. Then I need you to back the computer science, the utilitarian degree off the table. I'm going to slap down my English degree here. We're going to get into this. I think... This game's point, if it has one, I mean, the foremost point is to bring joy and entertainment to people, which is not a, not an ignoble goal. But then also, a lot of it, basically any media by, written by adults about high school is about the superficiality and mutability of kind of deciding who you are in that time. And I think what the game does successfully, I don't think this is good gameplay, by the way. I, I would like to caveat that. I also agree that there's no game here. But there is something to be said about making choices in this game and how they force you into this weird liminal space where when you're presented with a choice between two options, you are thinking, what does the, the person I want to woo? You know, what do they want me to say? What do I want to say? And then there's the negotiation between those two things. That's a real thing. We, we do that all the time, right? That's a very human thing. And I think this these sorts of games, these high school things, call that liminal experience into being more clearly. Because as adults, we don't like to think about of ourselves as that way, of being not ourselves and not what other people want us to be, but a negotiation between the two. One of the, the candidates you can buy for is a mermaid who loves genocide. Correct. <laughs> I, 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 oh, I spork held proudly in the air. We're so big, random. big googly eyes. It, like, I, you know, I mean, something like that sounds wonderful. And, and I, I don't deny that a lot of these things do do that, but I just can't give monster prom specifically <laughs> the credit that it, it is thinking about that at all 
Yeah. This is a game, I think, like Cards Against Humanity, which some people enjoy. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, he- here's funny extreme thing written down. And and as we've mentioned, like a lot of the jokes are better than that. But yeah, Let- let's dig into maybe the gameplay because there isn't any. We've told you the whole game because it-, it is just do the thing. There's dialogue, make a choice. And the choices are never significant. Yeah. It- they're significant, but but it's either incredibly telegraphed, like what effect your thing's going to have. There's yeah. two thing- people you can buy for. One of them is going to like one. One of them is going to like the other. Yes. Figure it out. And yeah. it's usually and incredibly at, obvious. And at other times, it is incredibly opaque. And like both options seem terrible. And it's anyone's guess who, yeah. which one is good. And that's where my hot take on this game is this is a roguelike. Because the hallmarks of a roguelike is it's a short playthrough where you die often in this game. You know, you're going to you're gonna muck up pretty often. <laughs> but the goal of a roguelike is to learn the game so you can play it, right? It's about the metagame. And this is basically just like, play it through, oh, I said the wrong thing that time, but now the next time I get that dialogue option, I know the right one. But there's so no it's a effect. <laughs> this is my, bro- it's, and it's, it is like a board game we keep mentioning. Like you play with multiple people, mm. there's turns, but there's no cross-play, there's no, no complexity. It's oh yeah, just- the multiplayer seems strange it it's it doesn't seem like there are subtle moments where you could have impact on other people and there's like there's the workings of a very good game here where like yeah it's fun you're romancing the the flavor's good it's right it's Mm -hmm. fitting but there's just no game it's wrapped around it it is just read the dialogue where it needs to have actual board game elements yeah boost it up make it a proper board game have actual like cards or items or something ben, that you have more agency for when are we going to when are we going to sign a pact as game designers as a global collective to never again have opaque stats like why the hell in 2020 year of our lord year of our lord coronavirus why do we still have games that don't tell us what stats do why can't i mouse over my smarts yeah. and, and get a little bit even if it just told me your smarts affects how certain love interests perceive you like i don't even know if that's the case after playing through the game three times, I have yeah. no clue if it even matters. Yeah, and we just to, to make it concrete, like the game has what four or five stats that are yeah, like pretty like classic: smarts, charm, fun. You have money. You have money. You have money. Money is the only one yeah. that's that actually matters. It seems because it's like dollars. Yeah, basically. and and there's no like checks for your stats. It doesn't seem like they they push you in different directions. Yeah, there's not even a good way to. You can't build your stats constructively because like I can go to the classroom. But I don't know if that's going to increase my intelligence necessarily. Oh, no, it always does. It okay, always they are yes, always You the always same. get plus two in a all stat right, if you go right, to. Fair, so fair. that much at least happens. I just don't know what that plus two is worth. Yeah. But, like, what's yeah. the threshold we're going for here? So it definitely doesn't matter. It definitely... I think the point we're getting at is, like, the stats are pointless. There's no, there's no effect you can have. You make one choice at a time between mm-hmm. two options and... and yeah. Yes. Now, maybe we were playing the game wrong. Maybe the way you're supposed to do the multiplayer, and by supposed to, I mean this is the way it would be fun, is if you and like if you do the four player it's like all four of us are competing exclusively for miranda sure and then i don't know if that would be fun i feel like it would just come down <laughs> to basically rolling dice like who gets the miranda encounters yeah yeah i feel like Maybe. you couldn't you couldn't again there's just not enough agency in the game where like yeah and, just, and, and i'm leaning inputs. i'm leaning on miranda by the way because she's the only one whose name i remember i don't remember the name of any of the other you, you, oh damien i know damien you dated polly geist oh i dated time. polly geist we almost did the reverse Poly last name geist almost did the reverse wilkinson uh but i didn't know you don't get a shopping phase on the last night of a short game yeah cut to <laughs> and so so i got 
boozled. <laughs> it's a roguelike, you know? I, I mucked up. I didn't know you don't get that shopping phase on the final final item short game. Maybe, or maybe sometimes you do. Maybe I just got. I don't think you do. I didn't get by one in my single player oh. game. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've said my my beef with this game. It's not a game. It has funny dialogue sometimes. Now, I would like to say there are a couple ways you could do this game right differently. So, I really am intrigued by the idea of a roguelike romance. The hard thing is how do you make it not creepy? Because the thing that's creepy about it is if you have a romance game where there are right and wrong things to say to someone, if you save scum and go back in time and say the right thing, you're kind of a creep. Like you're basically manipulating using your time travel powers. Yeah. Like I, I looked up, what's this super creepy movie our parents had us watch one time? Uh, <laughs> About Time. That's a great movie. <laughs> Gosh, he, I don't remember it very well. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, no, it's a terrible movie. It's about a male power fantasy where a guy uses his ability to travel back in time to break a girl up with her boyfriend and then end up marrying her by manipulating her by doing the same dates over and over until he gets it right. Like that's that's. Well, I don't remember. There's a this word that starts well. with R, which that is. <laughs> yes. Um, but. Um, so how do you do a roguelike romance where it's not super creepy, where you're not using your that's a good question. time-defying so, powers? So let's build this game, right? Like, let's. I think it could be cool to. Is there anything left of Monster Prom before, like, like I'm interested in this roguelike dating idea? So, like, if we were making this yeah. type of thing, how would we do it? I think we could answer. Before we move on, anything else with Monster Prom? I mean, I think this is all tangential to it. Um, I think the last thing I'd I'm say just, about... I just want to leave this game behind. So you just want to leave I want to ditch Monster oh, Prom. Oh, we're not done yet, Ben. After this, we, we have to end the podcast with who we would re recommend it to. Mm, boy. If anyone. Um, you know, the last thing I would say about Monster Prom before we go off game designing is what makes Monster Hearts magical is Monster Hearts, the tabletop role-playing game, is about queer identity and about not being able to control your feelings. So what it does that's beautiful is in the game, you don't control who turns you on, who makes you angry. Um, it's all kind of at you a roll of the dice, effectively. Mm -hmm. And what's wonderful is the stories that emerge are you don't expect this to happen, but suddenly you feel kind of sweet on the, the jock and then you end up spending some time with him. And then you both realize, you know, you're different people than you thought you were. And what's so just beautiful about it, and you're monsters, you're queer monsters. And we feel monstrous in high school, right? We feel monstrous every day. Mm. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm projecting. But, but that's, that's just kind of the magic. And I feel like Monster High didn't really give that to me. Monster High, I felt like a cold lizard that was trying to manipulate my way into yeah. a romantic cutscene at the end. Yeah, 100%. Which is... It takes a lot of effort to 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 RP and in, in monster, yes, monster prom, and it doesn't feel like there's any reward. Like the reward for role playing is basically you're going to pick some incorrect options and just be alone at the end. This need this it's ought like, to be a choose your own adventure book, visual novel. I mean, that's effectively what it is. Yeah, but but then again, this is me pining for the game to be other than it is. Yeah, like you're not going to get that kind of emotional depth in thirty minutes. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, that for that the game would need to be radically different. It would need to be a six-hour-long visual novel. I think we could get past the glancing off the surface, like this game seems to do, but uh, hard to get that much depth. Yeah, it 
It might even be interesting if the game gave you a secret role at the beginning, like some board games do, where it's like, slide you a note. This is for Sersha's eyes only. You are madly in love with Damien. Yeah. I, like, I know he's violent. I know he's not that smart. But when you look at him, you just get the butterflies. And you really want to go to prom with this guy. And then, you know, each of us kind of has our secret goal there where there's a little more context. And maybe for the cutscene, if Damien says no, don't just have the cutscene be, you know, you, you have a you have a decent night at prom. And I didn't even see a cutscene at prom because yeah. I, I got Miranda murdered. <laughs> but, uh, you know, have it be a little more wistful. You're vying for this to be a game, for it to have yeah. stakes or mechanics yeah, or interests. That's my interest here. What a concept. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, and I do think it it plays... Yeah, I'm just trying to get back to kind of the roguelike idea. Like, yeah. I, I do okay. agree. R romantic roguelike, let's do it. Yeah, because this game, Monster Prom does play like a... You're right, like a roguelike. You're, you're yeah. going to play it again. You're going to learn as you go. Yep. So so to solve the problem of it, of it getting a little too too weird with like just <laughs> spying effectively yeah doing espionage and learning yeah. the right things to say yeah because we don't i don't think we want it to be a time loop i think it needs to be like these are new people each time i think it's yes. the easy solve yeah, yeah um and and you do proper roguelike randomization procedurally yeah um yeah new people every time stats are meaningful items are more meaningful yep Oh, you gotta have relics. Um, you gotta have relics yeah, you pick up along the way. <laughs> like accessories, right? Like I think there's a great way to do it. I think you just take all the good roguelike stuff and just flavor it up really good. Um, hmm. So it's slay. So it's slay the spire. But instead of fighting a gremlin, I'm fighting this conversation outside my locker, or like sorry, yeah. outside gym. I feel like stuff like that can work. Where like like maybe you acquire the pickup line, right? That you learn. Oh, and you add it to your deck. Now we're talking. Yeah, and like charm or, or charisma could be like I don't know. If you built like like imagine that like a charisma deck is a deck that lets you draw a lot. Like it's a it's a you're burning through your deck. Really oh, it's like a glib deck. Like you're just popping off. Yeah, spouting. Yeah, because that's what charisma is, right? It's like have or, or like wit is is having yeah. the options available. So oh, you, I would be about doing this, a heavy draw. Maybe strength is like poignancy, like how deep what you say is. So you spend the whole match like building up to one attack. It's just like you're cutting yeah. right to their heart. And I think like yeah, it. I think romance is just combat. It's <laughs> it's identical. Like. There's yeah. different vulnerabilities and strengths. Mm, mm. I mean, of course, different typings. Yeah, weapons. You can you can get into all kinds of stuff. Oh yes, whips and chains excite me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I don't know if I want to just do it with a combat system. I haven't played a game actually. I'm sure they exist, but I haven't played a game with good social combat. Well, I feel like, like using combat as a metaphor yeah. for social because I feel like. It would be a long-running joke, I feel. I think it'd be hard not to make it just, oh, this is so funny. We've made everything social into a violence metaphor. I'm sure there's something like this. There's got to be something like this. I think... This seems way too low-hanging. Yeah. Let's just assume there is. Let's assume it's been made. <laughs> but I'm interested in what, what could alternative game systems look like other than turn-based combat um, or deck building. What... Could it look like? I mean, you could even do deck building. Maybe your deck is your life experiences, right? That's so what I was kind of picturing, yeah. Yeah. I have read Dostoevsky's Crime and Punishment, you know? So you're sitting at lunch with them. You're like looking down at your hand. You're like, oh, sh oh what, sh 
What can I do? Yeah, exactly. About? So like that's a reference. That's yeah, what I was kind of getting at. I'm gonna put just slide Dostoevsky onto the table, maybe. Maybe they're like, oh shit. I think conversation is turn based. So like I don't hmm. know how you get away from like right. like these dialogue things essentially borrowing from uh Okay. I'm kind of on board now. And like I think you, it's all the flavor, right? Like we're just talking mechanics at this point. So I think like you make it work by the flavoring, how you present the combat, so to speak. Yes. Oh, Ben, and you know, it's like inspire you have wounds that get stuck in your deck and you don't want to draw them. Yeah, yeah. You could have trauma. Trauma. Oh, oh my god. No. <laughs> wow. Like you're trying to chat up this pretty girl, but then off the top of your deck comes, you know, baggage. Oh no. Baggage. Oh no. I think we need to make this reskin of Slay This Fire. Yeah, it's like, oh man, I was gonna say something really witty, but now I'm thinking about how my mom, you know, oh. Denver stopped packing me lunch. <laughs> you draw Oedipus complex. Oh, oh no! Daddy issues, not again. <laughs> Uh, although the worst thing is when you like incorporate that into your strategy, right? Like there's some cards to take advantage of that. It's like, oh, uh, <laughs> convert one piece of baggage into ammunition. Uh, into, you, you convert baggage into fetishes, Sam. That's how that, yes. that economy works. That is exactly how you do it. I like, I think we've, we cracked that one. That was quick. Oh my gosh. Slay the, oh, well, there, there's a TTRPG called Slay with me like S backslash L-A-Y with me. That's a, a romantic, like dark fantasy game. So I think we just steal that name. It's just like Slay with me. Just make it Slay. Just make it Slay. Slay, just Slay straight up. I mean, slaying. I guess that is the toxically masculine metaphor they use in college, right? Like slaying. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I was I was uh, tangential to uh, fraternity life. I see. Um. I like that. I think that is how you do monster prom. Well, how do you make monster prom better to, to bring it back? Yeah, home? we made a totally different. Thing we made a very may or cool, may not different be good. game. I, well, I think I said it earlier, but just like make it a robust board game. It it wants so much to be a board game. Yeah. So just making it more clear that it's a board game. Right. Get, I mean, I feel like if you let me pick up items more regularly, and items are more a thing. And then you let me use items at particular times. Yeah. Maybe that's all you need. Well, that the, gives me agency and planning. The weird thing about More it choice. is it's kind of a game where you just, it's less playing a game than just seeing what happens. Exactly. Because like for most of the items, it seems like they kick off a side quest of sorts. Like I got Miranda killed because I opened the random package and got the hypnosis kit. And so she came to ask me, she was like, oh, you have a hypnosis. You're an, uh, an expert in hypnosis. I need to hypnotize my serfs for this party. And maybe there are other lead-ins to it, but it seemed like it was just a random right. sequence of events that led to this hilarious thing that I enjoyed. But yeah. but I didn't do anything. I yeah. just So it's almost just Again, like it's like, like rolling dice onto a table, but then funny dialogue pops out of the top of the dice. Yeah, that, that that's what I was trying to get at earlier. It's just like it is yeah. and I said like maybe you make it a choose it should be like a choose your own adventure, but even then like you don't have agency. You don't have enough choose agency. Choose your own adventures also kind of kind of suck. Yeah, that's what this is. <laughs> because a choose your own adventure is basically, oh, would you like the apple or the pocket knife? It's like, oh, I'll take the pocket knife. That sounds more as well. A fool! The dragon likes apples, and your pocket knife bursts upon its scales. It, it is exactly this. <laughs> this is this is monster prom. Yeah, it's like fuck. I guess I got to go back and pick the apple this time. Fool! <laughs> also, also when playing this game. 
when I first played, I picked like the the longer campaign. It predicts an hour. Yeah, I was picturing a lot of opportunity to kind of sample these six students, these yes. six prospects. Um, but realistically, I feel like you interact. You got to just go for one, and right then you kind of just got to hook in and yeah, just you, go for it with like whatever, in. wherever you build some traction, you just go because yep. I imagine you could spread your spread your uh, grip a little wider, but yeah, you don't get much opportunity. It, it really does want you to do that because the encounters you choose it pairs you with the people you've already interacted with. Um, I found. So to make this game better, I think you need more chance to exp to have different options, more interaction. I think that makes it a different game, though. I agree. That's that's making it veer towards. And what I wanted was like a five hour long romance RPG. That's totally different. That's right? a totally. I don't different think thing. this is an RPG. I still think this is this is the board game turn based thing. Okay. But it's just there's. I think snap your turns. That's all you need, right? Snap your turns. Less long dialogues. And this does kind of diverge from it wants to just have its long, funny dialogues. But, but how do you sit story bits? But how do you quote unquote sample the different romantic options without longer bits of dialogue? Like, because then they'll just be more it's shallow. More dialogues, right? Because the issue okay. is here: you get one, you get to choose between two things right. once a turn, right? With usually up to two people, right? Mm -hmm. So what I'm suggesting would be more interactions per turn potentially or turns are just a lot quicker so you get through more interactions basically more interactions snappier interactions it's the same amount of time okay. um more people right and more choice with maybe who you interact with gotcha. um items yeah i don't have all the answers specifically but i just yeah. think in general make it more robust do what you're inching towards or please don't sell yourself on steam as a video game oh my gosh that's savage um, uh, hey, Ben, visual novels are doing very well on Steam, I'll have you know. You know, I, and I'm fine with it as a visual novel, but I, I really don't think it's effective as a multiplayer game. I don't think it'd be fun to play at a party. I agree. I think it's, it's too slow. So we end this podcast with who would we recommend this to? Yeah, that's a good uh, And why. I think the only people I'd recommend to play this, to play the multiplayer, would be couples, I think, could have fun if this is your kind of humor. I think it could be a fun thing to do with a boyfriend or girlfriend to be like, hey, let's... Are those the two types of uh, partner, <sighs> Sam? Excuse me. To play with your, your partner of, of any gender. Um, I, you know, look, come on, you know me. I may, I may gender myself. But <laughs> we, uh, it, playing through it with a partner might be a lot of fun. As long if as that's... they're cis. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. If that's their jam. Um... I, yeah, I could, I, who would, I, I don't think I would recommend it, this to anyone, personally. Wow, harsh. It's fun. Again, like, it does have good jokes and good bits. I think they, there's some excellent writers behind this, but it's just completely the wrong format for that writing, I find. I don't think it's... I didn't enjoy clicking through it because I felt this is not the way I want to click through this thing. I'd rather just read a story that is funny, you know? Yeah. Or, or I think... bits, or... I don't know. I didn't need to click. I didn't. How much was it? I didn't need to pay eight bucks or it was whatever. Like ten dollars. Ten bucks. Nah. I think. Or I'd pay ten dollars for the book, right? But not yes. Dollars. It's one of those games that does struggle with the medium in terms of would this be better as a different medium? Yeah. Uh, but I feel like that's often a bit of a trap as a question because you know a lot of people say, "Oh, Last of Us." The first one would have been better as a movie. Yeah, I'm one of those people. Well, yes, it would have, but a movie also would have cost a hundred million more dollars, and 
uh, like it, it's a high pro budget production game, but but the point is, you know, and different compromises would be made. If it was a movie, they would have had to change the script because Hollywood not have allowed not have allowed them to ship it as it but, was, right? Right. Like I I just don't think this is the medium for it. What what would be the medium though? Well, I, that's what I'm saying. For for Monster Prom, it's it is a it's a visual novel or a kind of point little. It could be. I just or or just not a board game, right? It can be exactly what it is, the software it is right now, but just don't give me multiplayer options if that's not going to be a robust function of this game. Right. I don't know. I I think it is really what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. You just click single player and then it it's effective. Yeah. But I think I don't know. I think I just want it to be a game, right? I I just am yeah. looking at it and I'm looking and I want it to be this fun board game, mm. and it's certainly not that. Um that is true. Uh I, I did find it very frustrating. I really don't like games. This is more of a personal hang-up. Like, I'm going to admit, this is not objective. I think there are lots of people who enjoy this. And, like, I'm on a Discord server where people were playing this game all weekend. That's also what put it on my radar. They kind of had a monster prom weekend where people were enjoying it, yeah. enjoying themselves. Uh, but for me, I really dislike games that have correct and incorrect options, and it's not telegraphed. Um, like, because to me, it just feels petty. It's like, oh, here are two dark boxes you can stick your hand yeah. in. One of them, when you pull your hand out, you're going to have candy. The other one's going to be a scorpion. Yeah. And it's like, I don't find that a fun exercise. No. These choices come up often in all kinds of genres of games where it's the, oh, you don't know until you look which one of these is correct. Pick, pick and perhaps you'll be poisoned. And I, I think it's bad design basically every time it comes up. It never feels good. Again, it's no agency. There's... Yeah. Read these two in this in this specific instance. It's read these two funny things, mm -hmm. and click on the funniest one. Crucially, it's also not gambling, right? Because it's fine if in Slay the Spire or something it says this has a sixty percent chance of giving you a relic and a forty percent chance of giving yeah. you an injury, right? Like that's still I, I wouldn't like that, but at least that's a gamble. This is do you know which one is correct? Because one is correct, and the first time you do it, you don't, and then every time after it's not interesting because you know which one is correct right it's, yeah absolutely it's just it's just tedious it's possible in this game maybe maybe it is a 100 percent gamble and like regardless of the text mm. it it's a 50 50 you're rolling the dice maybe and then it, like each mm. option has a positive and negative reaction i wish the game would tell me <laughs> it, yeah either way I, I, but again i think like this is not a game you don't play it there's no there's no skill to winning the thing it is just <laughs> But I, generally, I think yeah. like it is. It is click the boxes and and see it play out. Well, there is the skill of knowledge. You learn what is the the right thing to do and say. Right. I think potentially, right? But maybe you can't potentially to, to this point. Maybe maybe they I have imagine. Set it up. I imagine. I, it's I imagine fixed. you can figure it out. Um, and there's not infinite interactions, but mm -hmm. um. But I think the game is framed in such a way. Like I don't think you're supposed to play it through to exhaustion, so that you. I don't think playing it the game well is knowing mm. the right answers. Yeah. That's just having read it before. Yeah. Um, also, also, one kind of profound disappointment on my part is I feel I'm a huge sap for party members in RPGs. That's basically what I'm here for. Like the reason I hated Skyrim and I loved Dragon Age is because in Skyrim, there's no character that has more than like 100 lines of dialogue with you. But Dragon Age, you're in the camp, you're hanging out with your, your buds, you're talking to them, learning their story. I wanted that in this game. I like spending yeah. time with fictional characters. I like spending time with people that can't hurt me. This is again like, <laughs> this, 
it's a good it, like this is um i lost my point what, what well well, I was just sad that I didn't get that time. I right. felt like we, this it's is over so fast. We're wanting a different game. We're wanting a different game, game. This is the game for the lulls. It's I, not a game for... I want to help Miranda move past her genocidal tendencies. You know, I want to help her see the little fishes for yeah. what for the people they are. Hey, I'm in the same boat. I thought I, I absolutely thought this was going to be a, a multi-hour RPG of getting to actually yeah. play in a world for a minute yeah. and then and and be silly and datey and whatever but just mm-hmm. they would also be fun to yeah, get to know characters a little bit yeah this is this is what i was talking about earlier with like not getting to not having an opportunity to make a choice like like anytime i play monster prom mm-hmm. i don't even know if the person i'm pursuing i want to pursue they're just the they're just the ones that are there you know what i mean it does kind of just throw someone in front of you like when we played i had no intention to yeah. pursue polly but then the first cutscene i get polly's like hey I, I think we both had an, an idea of what we were going for in yeah. the beginning. We had like our target to try and vie for. Yeah. And it doesn't let you really. It doesn't let you, again, no agency. Yeah, you could try and force the issue, but not not a great idea. It, yeah, maybe at like the lunch table, you could try harder than what we were doing. But yeah. Also, also shout out to Dragon Age. One thing that I, you see in that game that you don't see in a lot of party-based games is in a lot of party-based games characters will remain static regardless of what you do Hmm. but what bioware did a good job of is two of the companions in that game you can permanently change through your interactions with them in that you can harden them was the in-game term like the mechanical term where hardening them of course just makes them more cold more defensive more practical or you can soften them or you can leave them the way they were when you first met them Um, and i find that a very interesting very linear way of thinking about personal growth but it would be cool to see that in games, right? Like it'd be yeah. cool to see a romance game where you're not just picking if you want this static character, you are negotiating with that person who they are and who you are. You yeah. Know? Like no, movie. I think romancing in games is vastly terribly done. Yeah. Oh yeah. Generally it's very bad. And I think it's something that is is worth pursuing in a better way, but is tough. As as Monster Prom does a nuanced job of showing yes. love's tough. Yes. Also, I think in general, in real life, uh, romance games do a huge disservice by painting people as just wanting to hear those things which they already knew they wanted to hear, right? Like a lot of romance games are tell the person the thing that coincides with their worldview. Yeah. When in reality, I've almost never been attracted to someone who just harps at me the exact things I already feel about the world. Like I find that person very boring. It's more often people who challenge me. Yeah, and and it's... They're not really bi-directional, right? Like, they're yes. not really learning about you. Correct. In a game. They're, they're not, but you can have it so that not every character is attracted to an image of themselves. Right. And not, I'm not saying oh, every I, game I'm does agree. that. Like, but. Yeah, no, I think it, it needs to be more engaged. Like, yes, you need to learn about them in a better way. Mm-hmm. Right. But what I'm saying is, like, build a relationship as opposed to uh, exactly what you're pointing out. Um Yes. Like say things, show that we're compatible. So that means mm-hmm. that equals a relationship for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so maybe we, we bring it on home with Monster Prom. Uh, are there any other, what's our format? <laughs> what's, what is our format? He asks, what is the good? Um, so the recommendation, we already talked about, you said nobody, no circumstance, no way, no how. Last game in the world, like last game on the Steam store, you still don't recommend it? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there, there's circumstance. Like, I don't mean to shit on this game so hard. It's just, it's not much. It's it's a little fun 
thing. It's not a video game. I, I found it charming. It gave me three or four belly laughs, which I would not have had otherwise. Um, and Miranda is adorable. I liked... My favorite line is when she said, the tuna is the chicken of the sea, which was profound mm-hmm. in a way only high schoolers can be. Uh, but... Yeah, after the recommendation, we're just signing off. Cool. Final verdict. Bad game. <gasps> Final verdict. Funny romp. Uh, not not a very good game, but well written. And would recommend to people who just want uh, want some laughs. Recommendation. To harp on this point a little bit, recommendation is like, is this thing worth the money and time investment? And I would say no. Go do something better. There are there's better media and content. And yeah. I would say even for this niche of like you're looking for something that's just kind of funny, or you're looking for something to play with friends, I think there's better stuff. Ooh, I, I disagree there. I think the production quality is high. The quality of writing and art is very high. Um, I think it's well worth. I mean, if you're down to your last ten bucks and you're choosing between this and like your you're your get food, like an hour. Of if if you might be out of rent because you bought this game, then don't do it. But <laughs> I don't know how many people are deciding to buy Monster High via this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I really want to win them over to say, like, this is not the one for you. But you know what you can do? You can slide over to Avery Alder's website. And you need to buy yourself Monster Hearts. Then get your friends together and say, friends, tonight we're going to play very queer teenage monsters in high school. And it's going to be a transformational experience. Because, let me tell you, hell of a game, Monster Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.